Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski. This is the only podcast that's geared towards addiction treatment, behavioral health, owners, executives, and directors. This podcast is brought to you by Circle Social Inc., experts in growth and business development for addiction treatment, behavioral health centers. Uh, They help with everything from operations, admission staff training, and inquiry generation, anything and everything that you need to grow your center and and build a scalable foundation um, for long-term, sustainable future growth, which, as we know, is insanely important these days, right? The the short-term gimmicks of the past uh, are not working very much at all. And so people have to start thinking long-term. They have to start using real um, outreach, business development, operational efficiencies, and marketing tactics uh, to stay viable. So we encourage you to reach out to them uh, at circlesocialinc.com if you have questions. Today I'm speaking with Richard Capizzoli. Uh, Richard is uh, an amazing person that I uh, love talking to. He has great ideas. He's very much an entrepreneur like myself and enjoys starting businesses growing businesses, and then sometimes selling those businesses. (laughs) He has a lot of experience, both within the addiction treatment space, uh, particularly within lead and inquiry generation, as well as in the education space, which he'll talk quite a bit about. Uh, Also, the main topic or the main focus for the conversation today is a new uh, business venture that he's moving into, which I think is insanely important for the future of addiction treatment, behavioral health, but telemedicine. So in terms of reaching people that might not have ready access to treatment, uh, maybe they live too far away, maybe they can't afford um, the higher costs of things like residentials. So uh, telemedicine is really paving a new path and obviously there are um, maybe concerns or different aspects of it that we might not think is going to be ideal, but there's also many situations where it is probably the best solution for people or it can be an additional supplement to um, a different kind of treatment program. And we'll we'll talk a lot about that. So I'm really, really excited to have you meet Richard. Uh, He's a great guy. He knows a lot about business development. He knows a lot about inquiry generation and he knows a lot about addiction treatment. So here is his story and here's experience. I hope you enjoy uh, listening to it as much as I did and learn a lot from it. Hi, Richard. Really excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing yeah, great, absolutely. Nick. Thanks for well, asking. you know, we've talked before, you know, we've had lunch before and, and just you have an amazing amount of experience, I think, in this field. And so I'd like you to give us a little bit of background before we jump into our topic on telemedicine today. So, you know, who are you and, and what are you doing? Okay, well, I, you know, I nice compliment to say that I have a lot of background in the field. Um, Actually, my experience in the addiction space is relative to my experience in marketing and education is only about seven or eight years, but, you know, I've I've been in the trenches. So prior to um, my foray into addiction, um, I ran a company called uh, Education Connection. Uh, An Education Connection was a lead aggregator that helped consumers find uh, viable options for education, be they online education or campus-based education. Um, we attracted about 300,000 inquiries a month, and we had um, close to 4,000 accredited institutions across the United States that uh, we helped fill uh, seats for. 
so getting into Education Connection was really a uh, outgrowth of my experience with uh, Kaplan Higher Education. So in uh, 1999, I owned a uh, paralegal school. It was a correspondence school. And at that time, um, there was a drumbeat towards online education. Nothing really had transpired, but everybody was thinking about it. And correspondence was a, um, a good path toward uh, online education. In any event, I sold my paralegal school to the Washington Post, which owned the company at that time called Kaplan. Kaplan was primarily in the test prep business, Kaplan Test Prep. But they had ambitions of uh, becoming or uh, starting in the first um, online college. And they liked my platform. They liked you know, my methodology for attracting students to learn, learn, learn education online. And they were looking for leadership there. So they bought my school, and um, we started Kaplan College in 2000. And about a year later, um, started uh, Concord Law School, the first online law school out of California. Anyway, Kaplan College went from my little school, which was, you know, maybe a $25, $30 million venture to uh, a $2 billion entity serving about 80,000 new students a year, associate's degree, baccalaureate, undergrad programs. And then we bought a chain of uh, campus programs. So it was a pretty pretty big enterprise. But in any event, after uh, I sold Education Connection in 2010, tried to retire, got into real estate investing, and I ended up buying some uh, homes that my partner and godson had turned into sober living. And I got to get an understanding of the financial fundamentals of the addiction space, captivated by the size of it. When you think about addiction and you take in all of the issues in behavior, health, in addition to substance abuse, it's pretty big from a CPM standpoint. You know, if you take in uh, addiction to porn or sex, or gambling, or food, it's a third of the population, you know, close to 80 million people. And it seemed to me at that time that it was um, it was kind of disorganized. A lot of mom and pops and individual entities, there was some private equity looking into it, small public companies like American Addiction Centers. And I thought it would be a good opportunity um, to create a, um, a similar model to Education Connection, and I started something called the Addiction Advisor. And that was a, a real learning experience for me because the things that I thought would work in addiction that had worked in education just didn't work at all. Um, in the education space, I was selling leads to large publicly traded companies. Uh, Kaplan University had, um, we had 2,000 um, salaried agents on the phone uh, working uh, lead forms, not calls, but lead forms. University of Phoenix had three times that amount. They enrolled about 500,000 individuals a year. So I was working with very sophisticated entities, 
knew how to work a lead, understood cohort conversions, et cetera, et cetera. It didn't, it didn't translate into the addiction space. So the addiction lead gen space has been extremely challenging, still is challenging. And in order to actually do it right and serve the consumer, um, if you actually do that, you're breaking the law because the ideal way to serve the consumer is to get an understanding of their needs and then to intelligently match them to a treatment protocol and a treatment facility that matches to their needs. Well, once you do that, you're into patient brokering via the fact that you're working uh, or turn the inquiry into a um, a referral, a qualified lead. So I couldn't really make that work. But during that period of time, um, my fascination with the industry brought me from sober living into developing um, a, a IOP, which became a PHP, which became a wellness center, um, subsequently bought a property to house 100 patients in our PHP program called Casa Lago. So I was deeply embedded in the treatment world with my facility, which was called Lake Haven Recovery, the 150-bed facility, and then working with, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of treatment clients uh, through the addiction advisor. So it's, been, it's been close to seven years working on uh, both sides of the fence and actually delivering uh, treatment through our uh, JCO accredited facility and then uh, with the addiction advisor. And then subsequently, I sold Lake Haven Recovery about two years ago and just focused on the addiction advisor. So how I got involved with um, with um, the telemedicine uh, platform and the concept of delivering uh, addiction treatment through telemedicine was um, I got a phone call one day from the people at Affordadoc. And um, Affordadoc is the fourth largest telemedicine network in the U.S. They do about 20,000 telemedicine sessions uh, each month. And uh, they, they, they took a small foray into behavioral health just to just send a flag up the pole to see who would salute it. And they got thousands of inquiries of people that were interested in behavioral health in particular, in particular addiction treatment through telemedicine. And I happened to know the owners of Mordendoc, and they, they called me and said, you know, what can you do with these people because we can't treat them? strictly telemedicine, but we were interested to find out if there was a market. So, you know, after meeting with them several times, I, I just concluded that there was um, a demand or could be a demand for an alternative to residential treatment. So when I started thinking about the market and comparing it to education, it's pretty similar. Um, online education before 2000 didn't exist. So if you wanted to get an education and you were an adult, you wanted to go back to school, or you wanted to complete a degree or get a degree, you had to you had to go sit in a classroom. 
which was inconvenient for many people because they're working adults, they have families, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people didn't like the concept of the classroom because it's, as an adult, you didn't really want to compete with the 19-year-olds that have been in school for the last 12 years. So online education took off and grew at a rate of 29% year over year. The Neuro Association of Education for a lot of adults is painful. That's why they avoid it until they reach a point in their life where they realize they, without an education, they, they, they can't experience the American dream. The Neuro Association of Going to Treatment is awfully, also painful. Who could be excited about leaving their job, leaving their family, and going off to some strange place with a bunch of strangers and living with a stranger um, and having to explain where you've been for 30, 60, or 90 days? Who can be excited about not making any money during that period of time? And then having to sit and expose you know, all of your pimples and warts because this is what takes place in treatment. So when you look at the amount of people who need treatment and would benefit from treatment, it's 23 million people. Yet the amount of people that actually go to treatment is a small number. It's only about a million, maybe right. a million and a half a year. The other people going to treatment are just people that are, you know, going in and out of treatment. They're going, they're relapsing, they're going back in. So how do you get people off the couch that need treatment into treatment? in a non-threatening way, in a convenient way, and be able to do it for a long term and do it inexpensively. Well, telemedicine is absolutely the best way to do it because you can hire competent licensed therapists in each state. You can connect them through a telemedicine platform, audio, video, and have them get an opportunity to be in treatment for three months, six months, nine months, um, very effective. Audio, video uh, technology, face-to-face -face technology uh, for telemedicine is not much different than what you would have if you were sitting across a desk from your therapist, except it's in the comfort of your own home. It's at a time and place that you're comfortable with that meets your schedule. And it can be done relatively inexpensively because – um, the program that we're building, we cover at home, is probably at the same cost as what your copay or deductible would be, even with good insurance. Never mind the savings of not having to leave your job or travel expenses. So our program, um, in its current state, is six months of treatment, twice a week, 50-minute sessions. And the cost is $6,000. And we can provide, depending on the individual's credit score, financing, where the actual out-of-pocket cost to the consumer is about $134 a month. So the, the concept of actually being able to engage in treatment uh, and doing this has never been, uh, really been available on a national scale. And with little testing that we've done thus far, it's a very, very resounding response. It seems the message really resonates 
Now, not to say that it's going to be a perfect medium. We know, as example, with online education, wonderful, very, very convenient, anytime, anywhere, except, (laughs) frankly, if you're not uh, disciplined and motivated and able to um, put the time and effort into it, which is what, what's required. You can't just show up and sit in the classroom or get notes from somebody. You have to participate. If you're not that type of individual and you're attracted to online education because of the convenience, chances are you're not going to stick with it. It's just like a diet. So there are going to be some inherent issues with people's motivation. We know that. We're aware of it. And we're trying to build in all of the support mechanisms to keep people and retain them in in therapy, so things like a um, an app, uh, we're looking at an app called Addict Addict Aid, which will support you throughout your recovery, help support your sobriety, and very 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 powerful tool if it's used. Uh, another tool would be uh, life coaches. Connecting an individual with a life coach throughout their therapy is an additional expense if an individual can afford it. Another opportunity is to connect them with um, virtual support through a uh, company called In the Rooms. It's a not-for-profit, and In the Rooms has about 500,000 uh, people that are registered that use it. It provides you with an opportunity to obtain a sponsor to go to virtual support groups or even to find support groups in your city, calendar of events that you can go to. So what we would be doing with um, Recover at Home is not only provide the therapy, but supply, supply all of the support that is needed to stay in recovery and eventually to get to a point where people are, have long-term. So you've addressed provide. a couple of really key areas that are going to be needed for telemedicine to be successful, because like you said, you know, the level of motivation maybe isn't there as much if they're not willing to get up and go to treatment. You know, where do you see telemedicine fitting into the traditional continuum of care? Okay. That's a, uh... That's an excellent question. So, well, today, if you were if you were to call a um, a traditional residential facility as a consumer, um, the only choice that you actually have is to either get in your car, get on a plane, and go off to treatment. So. We think that this is going to become a very significant option for traditional treatment to offer as an adjunct. So I might say to you, Nick, okay, um, I understand your situation. I understand that you're busy. Um, however, based on your current history and your current condition, we suggest that you come in to our program. We put you through a short period of detox maybe a week or two of residential treatment or PHP. And then we would send you home 
on our platform, our telemedicine platform, and you can stay in treatment for the next two, three, four, five, or six months working with your therapist that you become acquainted with here at our facility. So we can provide longer-term post-care for individuals rather than trying to support them through an alumni association. So um, the the science shows that 30, 60, 90-day programs have a certain level of efficacy versus longer-term treatment. Well, who can afford longer-term treatment? What are the insurance payers are willing to pay for longer-term treatment? So we feel that it, it would be a phenomenal bolt-on to traditional treatment to be able to offer short-term treatment on an intensive basis and then allow people to go back home and stay in therapy. I think therapy. that's the crux of it, right? You're seeing this telemedicine as a complement to especially extended treatment, aftercare, you know, or people that are not in acute distress. But if we're looking at, you know, acute addiction, you know, 20 years of addiction, they can't get clean, you're still going to need to probably do that first step in detox and maybe res or PHP, right? Well, look, um, we, and we've already had some experience now over the last several months in communicating with addicts seeking treatment through our modality. For some people, quite frankly, depending on the drug that, that they're having an issue with, it, it may, might make sense for us. So if you, were, if you were a potential patient, I might say, Nick, uh, I understand you don't want to go to treatment. That's why you contacted us. However, based on your condition, um, you're not going to be able to sit in front of a computer or a tablet and, and be effective with a therapist. You won't be able to concentrate. So if you don't want to go in for detox or residential treatment, why don't you allow us to connect you with a MAT doctor in your area? And then at that point, I would explain to the consumer what MAT was, how Suboxone works to prevent withdrawal and reduce cravings, or possibly naltrexone in the form of Vivitrol, and say this is an alternative to going in for detox. It's not ideal, but if you're telling me that you are not going to go away for treatment and you, but you still want to recover, this is an option that we can provide. We don't charge for that. We do it as what's called a pro bono. We will actually set up an appointment for you to visit with an MAT doctor in very close proximity to where you live. If you have health insurance, it's probably going to be covered versus your health insurance is not going to be covered if you have health insurance uh, through telemedicine. Currently, it's not covered. Do you think it will be in the future? Do you think insurance providers are going to move in that direction? Um, I can't say with certainty, but um, I think it will because it will provide better outcomes because of the, the length of time in treatment and a significantly lower cost than what they're currently reimbursing for. So if you think about, you know, our current model, which is 6,000 for six months, um, you can go to a PHP program today here in Florida 
they're billing three thousand a day. Now, not not to say that they're getting reimbursed three thousand a day, but they're probably being worth reimbursed between six hundred and nine hundred a day, which means after seven days, the insurance company is paid more than what it would cost to work with our program for six months. So there's no question that, and there, and there's currently three bills right now in the Senate that are trying to. They're trying to fast track um, insurance reimbursement for um, behavioral health, in particular um, telemedicine for addiction treatment, because it makes sense. It, it, it will be extremely cost effective. Where, where it becomes very cost effective is for self-insured entities. So at Kaplan, for example, we were self-insured up to 250000 managed by Aetna. So you're self-insured, your employee has an addiction problem, you send them off to treatment, you're paying them while they're in treatment, treatment is costing $30,000, dollars $50,000, and then they're coming back home and they're relapsing. So this would be a better first stab at treatment than just sending people off um to a residential program, if, if, if in fact it was appropriate. And again, very important that we communicate as a company to the consumer that this is not a panacea. This is not suited for everyone. If you are in, are in an acute state, an acute state would mean you're using every day, that you'd probably go into withdrawal if you've stopped using. It is unlikely that this would be the best way to to approach treatment. And we would, at that point, refer people to an addiction treatment facility first. Ultimately, the consumer can say, you know what, that's not what I want. I want I want to do this at home. Then we'd have to figure out how to address the acute condition and withdrawal, et cetera, et cetera. But um, we think for unions and self-insured entities, governmental agencies, tribes, this is going to be uh, extremely, extremely appealing from a cost savings perspective and a long-term perspective. More, more importantly, we think that this is going to be lights out for adolescents and teens because parents do not want their kids to lose time from school. They don't want to have to explain where their child has been for 30, 60, or 90 days. And, you know, they're protective of their child. They, do they really want their child in an environment where the child was around other people and had the same issue? Probably not. So when you think about what's happening with the homeschool movement, parents are afraid to send their kids off to school because they're being killed. It's the same issue with addiction treatment and behavioral health and mental health issues for teens to be able to have their own therapist uh, yeah. Right at home. So we think that, you know, the big market is going to be adolescents and teens, self-insured, and then the, 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 the market in general. And then, and then lastly, there is a significant population of people that will never, ever go to treatment. They need it. They know they need it. They know they have a problem. They're not going to rehab. So for the first time, they can now take 
they can now say to their loved ones that have been nagging them, I'm going to treatment. I'm in a program. I'm recovering at home. I have a therapist. Get off my back. So for, for some of these people, it would be an appetizer where they're like, wow, this is great. I'm getting great benefit from this. I see that it's somewhat limited. I think that I'm going to go into treatment. So what I like about it from the standpoint of, of um, socialization of the efficacy of behavioral health and cognitive therapy is that this gives people an opportunity to look before they leap. I remember many years ago, I was very, very conflicted with online education because we were getting a lot of people enrolled and they were subsequently dropping out. Well, why were they dropping out? Well, they were dropping out because, number one, they should never have gone into an online program. They didn't have the the drive, motivation, or self-discipline. And number two, they couldn't handle the academic rigor, math, English composition. So um, I developed something called Test Drive College. You can actually take a six-week real college course. And if you completed that course, you can matriculate into a degree. Well, the fact of the matter is most of the people who took the course said to us, thank you. I loved it. I shouldn't say loved it. Thank you very much. I hated it. I'm glad that I took this because had you not offered it, I would have just enrolled in an online degree. I wouldn't have been successful, and I would be in a lot of debt. The schools loved it because they now were getting students that had already demonstrated that they had the chops to handle the rigors of, of online education. So this is, this is, to a certain degree, almost a vetting tool. But it will be universal. There will be extreme challenges of retention. If you're, you know, recover at home patient, you're going to get an email and a text two, three, four times a week just to remind you that you have an appointment with your therapist on Tuesday at two o'clock. And even then, you know, yeah. people won't show up. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think retention is really going to be the big challenge. But this is this is a this is a ship that's ready to sail. It's on. A, it's a train that's on the tracks. It's 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 it's, it's going to happen. What what would you say to people? Because I think a lot of addiction treatment centers, you know, are going to say, and obviously you've addressed a lot that there are certain people that this will appeal to, and um, different advantages for different communities. But you know, a big issue is getting people out of their environment, right? Out of the family environment, out of their current friend and social groups. Um, do you foresee a way that you guys are going to be able to compensate for that? Or do you think that's just one of the people that needs to get in to treatment and then use this as more of a, a supplement or an aftercare program? Right. Well, I would say in an ideal world, an individual needs treatment, wants treatment, motivated to go to treatment, has all the money in the world to go to treatment, doesn't have to worry about losing their job while in their, they're in treatment, and has good insurance to pay for it and would love to go to Florida or California or Arizona. <laughs> but you know and I know that's not the real world. So the average, the average treatment center that's spending money on marketing 
to generate inquiries is only converting at best 2%. So what happened to the other 98% of the people that made an inquiry? They, they, they no longer need addiction treatment? No, you have only presented them with one option. You need an out-of-network insurance policy. You need to have six or seven or eight thousand dollars to cover your copay deductible. For a modality of treatment that currently doesn't have a good success rate. So the level of uncertainty presented to the consumer is extraordinary. I'm going to get on a plane and fly to California for 30, 60, 90 days. I'm going to not work. I'm not going to see my family. I'm going to come up with a ton of money. And there's not even a good success rate of long-term recovery. Oh, you're telling me that I might relapse and have to do this <laughs> how many more times? So, so <laughs> that's the issue. That's the dilemma. Ideally, yes, get away from the family, get away from your environment. But that's propaganda. That's ideal. And, and, in my, mm. and it, it's bullshit. If people want treatment and they're serious about it, then they're going to participate in it. But they're only going to be successful if they're done with their addiction. This is something an addict really, really uh, got me to understand. Nobody recovers until they're done. I was just having that conversation with someone else. <laughs> so, and if you're... And it, Right, and if you're done, you can recover. You can recover behind the dumpster <laughs> at Walmart. You don't need to fly to Passages Malibu, or not to disparage Passages Malibu. I came up with the name, but it, it's when you're done, you're done. You just need to help you guide you through what needs to be done. Ultimately, everybody has to do the hard work of recovering. Yeah. Yeah, just like education, right? You can't just go to class and sit there. You're not going to absorb it. You got to work at it. Right. You know, well, I'm really like fascinated to see where this goes. You know, I, I think you're right that there's tremendous potential for telemedicine to have a positive impact and to reach people that traditional treatment options are not reaching, right? You know, what kind of trends are you seeing? Where do you see this going in the next five years or so? Well, um, if I were, if, if this was a stock, <laughs> I, I would be buying all I could get my hands on. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, when I when I started um, Lake Haven Recovery 2011, you know, we would submit a, a bill to an insurance company, and typically we would get seventy percent of what we billed. Then it became 60, and then it became 50, then it became 40, then it became 30. So at a certain point, it becomes impossible for the industry and its current construct to provide good services because they, they can't. They don't, they're not making enough money to be able to provide the best services and the best therapists, the best doctors. So, um, what is the point of technology? I mean, you know, how do people behave today? If you look at the millennials today, where are they? They're on their laptop. They're on their smartphone. They're on their computer. This is this is what they're. This is how they behave. Um, getting them to go away to treatment 
Yeah. If it's you're in Ohio and it's 20 below zero and someone says go to Florida or California, <laughs> yeah, I want to go to Dreamland. But uh, it, it's it's really it's really not the real world and it's unnecessary. But there the two the two modalities of treatment: residential, PHP, IOP, etc., sober living, and um, telemedicine have to work hand in hand. Tell if we were to launch recover at home without being able to refer people that really would not benefit from recover at home, without being able to refer them to trusted residential programs, our model would not work. It would be too expensive. We don't charge enough money when you bear in mind that we're going to attract a lot of people. I mean, we will attract 40,000, 50,000 people a month. Most of those people we're going to have to refer out to a, a consortium of treatment centers. We won't be able to help them. And then a lot of people that we can help just won't have the money. I mean, $6,000 is not an awful lot of money, but for some people it might as well be $6 million. Insurance doesn't cover it. They, but, you know, on the other hand, a lot of the people that are being turned away by treatment facilities because they don't have out-of-network insurance could probably afford $134 a month for treatment. So that's what I'm saying. We have to work hand in hand. We are not, we are not the enemy of of residential treatment. I mean, not at all. We're we're an alternative, an adjunct for for those that it's appropriate for, and that, that and that's it. Now, what we'd like to be able to do is license our platform to treatment centers all over the United States and let them get involved in telemedicine. We'll gladly give them our license. We'll even do all of their scheduling for them. You know, we'll probably charge a license fee, but we think that that is also another uh, opportunity for us, and we're we're very happy to do that. Well, it's really interesting information, Richard. I think I think you're right. I think this is really the future um, in some respects. And it's what everyone's going to need to do in, in some fashion or another. You know, residential treatment and outpatient stuff will always be sure. an option and I think an important option. But like you said, they've got to integrate this into their strategy. And it allows you to reach more people. You know, it allows you to reach another percent of that 98% that aren't getting in, right? Right. Well, I sure. really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your expertise in these areas. Is there any final advice or information you want to leave people with? Well, I mean, if people, if the people who are listening to this broadcast are in the addiction treatment space, um, all I would say is, you know, kind of open your mind. Don't be so rigid. Um, this is an advancement in uh, in a treatment modality that will have extremely broad appeal. Once once people learn that this alternative is available, they're going to want it. And if you don't have it, if you're not offering it, um, that's you know like being either being being on the train or getting run over by the train. <laughs> it's trains on the track. It's coming down there. Hop, hop aboard. 
Right. Welcome aboard. Uh, so if people want to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more, you know, are they able to contact you or where would you suggest they go for more information? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I am available anytime. I, you know, I'm a very verbose guy. I like to talk about things that I'm passionate about. And I'm, I'm really passionate about this because I think that, uh, this option is going to bring treatment to a lot of people that just, you know, can't avail themselves of, of the current uh, options that they have. You know, my phone number is 561-445-8736. And my personal um, email is rcappy, C-A-P-P-Y, at Gmail. So if anybody would like to talk about it, uh, give me a call or Email me, and I'm always available. Fantastic. My door is always open. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, To all our listeners out there, we appreciate you joining in. This is the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski, brought to you as always by Circle Social, experts in growth, consulting, and marketing for addiction treatment, behavioral health. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, basically anywhere where podcasts are found. You can download as well as live stream and listen in your car on your way to work, whatever is convenient. Again, we appreciate you joining in and look forward to you joining next time.